Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the School of Sports podcast episode two. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for those that listen in to episode one. Appreciate all the love and the support that I've been getting so far from the podcast, uh, mainly from a guy named Vaughn Kohler, who is the co-host for the MFCO Project. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the MFCO Project. It's one of the biggest podcasts out there in the business world and just in podcasts in general. It's one incredible just podcast. So hope you guys can go check that out. And I want to issue a credit to the song in the beginning that I put in that I, I just found. I basically I was just in the gym the other day and I had, I had this uh, playlist come on and this beat came on and I was just, I was zoning in. I was really bumping to it. Got me, got me in the mood to lift some heavy ass weights. And as soon as it came on, I'm like, oh, you know what? This could be, this could be a podcast intro and outro. So credit to the end. And so, yeah, so I, I included that as the intro and outro to my podcast. So I hope you guys liked it. And, uh, going to keep improving on this podcast guys that's what it's about it's about keep improving and, and keep working on your on your goals so um basically what we're going to talk about today is some fun stuff we're going to talk about some fun stuff today guys i got a lot planned for the podcast uh we're going to get into the reason why i started the podcast i talked a little bit about that in episode one we're going to talk about the reason why i started we're going to talk about the Cavs celtics game the indians royals game today as I promised you guys. So we're going to talk a little sports in the beginning of the podcast. And later I'm going to get into the reason why I started. So without further ado, let's talk about that Cavs game today. The Cavs lost, as we all know, 108 to 83 today. They thoroughly got beat just all around. I mean, you can't put a figure on it to really <laughs> show how bad they got beat today. And I think it's I think it's telling to a point that, you know, there's all this talk about God, you know, this team is so reliant on LeBron and this team is is so focused on forming this system around him to be great. And you've seen that in the past with teams where, for example, when Dwight Howard was with Orlando and Dwight was just surrounded with shooters everywhere, surrounded with the shooters that year. It only worked for a season, but uh, you, you saw, you know, like oh, those guys like Hito Turkaloo, and there was just guys surrounded by him, and he just kicked them out, and they were making them, and they were making shots. And the unfortunate part about this team that LeBron is on currently is it's it's almost the same exact team as maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit more athletic, but it's the same, pretty much the same team as what he had back when he first was in Cleveland. And you look at the stats and you look at this and I, yeah, you can, you can like numbers and, and you can love numbers, which numbers prove, you know, facts, but in just watching the games and studying the games and watching them over and over and over again, you can just tell that the Celtics just they're not afraid, man. Like they're the Celtics are not afraid of the Cavs. They're willing to get up in them. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum 
are probably the best young duo in the NBA today, along with Kyrie, who's hurt, unfortunately, and Hayward, who's hurt, unfortunately. I'm telling you, the Celtics got a team for the next 10 or so years. If everyone can stay healthy and if everyone can stay healthy, by all means, I'm not a Celtics fan, but just objectively speaking, with the defense that they play, with the teamwork that they play with, and in this team sportsmanship, and they they have a great guy, a great coach at the head of it all, and Brad Stevens. And Brad Stevens has proved again and again, even at Butler when he when he went to the Final Four, and now with the Celtics, he has just proved over and over and over again how truly great of a coach he is, and. I just want to I just want to get into some stats here, guys. I mean, you look at this: LeBron, fifteen point seven rebounds, no steals, two blocks. Very unlike him to have that low scoring of a game, especially in the playoffs. I mean, the guy's averaging almost thirty five, if not thirty five points a game, thirty four points a game, seven rebounds, two blocks. Kevin Love, seventeen points, eight rebounds. Not gonna get it done. Jordan Clarkson, ten points. Three rebounds, one steal. Rodney Hood, 11 points. Not bad. But, I mean, other than that, I'm telling you right now, guys, the Cavs cannot win games if LeBron is going to only score 15 points. And the Celtics are the team to stop him. Like, the Celtics are the team that even more than the Warriors, even more than the Rockets would, the Celtics are not afraid of him. They have guys they can throw at him. They have quickness. They have just agility. They, they have these guys that they can just throw at LeBron. And these young legs that can stick with them. And I'm sorry, but 15 points for for this team, for this Cavs team this year, there's no way in the world of <laughs> you're, you're going to need to send a, a, a fairy godmother down to Quicken Loans Arena when they come home. Because if they don't win on Tuesday, yikes in Cleveland. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, LeBron's got to figure it out. LeBron's got to figure it out. He's got to figure out, you know, the tendencies of these, of these young guys. And, you know, they played Boston in, in this year, you know, they blew them out once. And I, you know, um, when they played the Celtics pretty well in the regular season, but over time coaching these young players, and especially with Brad Stevens has, have really come together and inform this duo that God, you know, just watching that game, like you really, you just didn't think at all that Boston was going to miss a shot because the Cavs just were, they weren't applying any defense at all. And it showed it, it showed, I think the Celtics had 64 points in the paint and that's just, Oh my God. When, when Marcus smart hits a three, you know, it's bad. At least Aaron Baines didn't hit a three. The Cavs are really going to have to figure this out because if they go down 2-0 back to Cleveland, yeah, they're, they're going to have a chance. But it's going to be a lot harder down 2-0 against that team, against those young legs, for LeBron to have a superstar game like he did. I mean, the guy practically had to kill himself to get past Indiana. He literally had to beat the team by himself because Kevin Love can't play well against young athletic bigs. He just can't. He played against Ibaka against Toronto. There was a reason why he was successful in the Toronto series is he's good against like bigger, stockier guys. He He's better around the basket, around those type of players. Now, now Ibaka is a pretty damn good defender, but I think he was actually, Valachunas was actually guarding him most of the time. When you think about Kevin Love and you think of how he plays, 
you really have to think about what the, the kind of player that he is. And the kind of player that Kevin Love is, is you have to feed him the ball early. You got to get him going early. You have to get him going early. And I'll say it again. You have to get him going early. And the problem in the playoffs so far is he's been in situations where the opposing team is attacking him and they're trying to get him in foul trouble. If Kevin Love gets in foul trouble early, like very early in the game within the first minute, like in today's game, for example, he had his first foul in the first minute of the game. That can't happen. It's hard. I know it's tough, but the Cavs have to do whatever they can to not get not get Kevin Love into foul trouble early in the game like that. It takes his momentum away. It takes his just toughness away that he showed in the Toronto series. But when when you got guys like Thaddeus Young, for example, who was guarding Love most of the time against the Pacers, Love couldn't do anything on Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young was really playing him tight and didn't let him go anywhere. Guys like Abaka, guys like Valanchunas can't really stay with Kevin Love all that well. But when you throw a guy in, like in the post, like Thaddeus Young or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Al Horford, for example, in the Boston series, Al Horford is, is, is an incredible defender around the rim. He's, he just is. He always has been. He's always played the Cavs kind of crappy, but, which has been nice these past couple of years. You can't match up Kevin Love with with Al Horford. I thought that was a huge mistake by Tyron Lue was starting Kevin Love at the center. I don't understand for the life of me why Lou continues to start Kevin Love at the center. I understand you're trying to bring Al Horford out of the lane so LeBron can drive. But here's the thing. When you do that, Al Horford can actually stay and guard the perimeter. He's that good of a defender. He can actually guard some point guards, and he can pretty much guard all center power forward positions really, really well. And now all of a sudden he can hit threes. So that's another problem. He's His three-point percentage has just been incredible so far these playoffs. I can't remember what the exact percentage is, but Kevin Love is going to have to step out on him, and he's not used to that. And that's going to be a tough matchup. So my biggest takeaway from game one in the Eastern Conference Finals is for the Cavs to start Tristan Thompson. That's the best thing they could probably do right now is start Tristan. They, they got to give some effort on defense. And I know they don't have a lot of defensive players on their roster at the moment, but they really, really, really have to focus on the defensive side on the ball. And I think that's going to help them a ton and LeBron obviously has to have a better game or the Cavs have no chance. They're going to get swept. If LeBron has another 15 point game again, they will get swept. They cannot beat the Celtics. If LeBron is only going to score 15, he's got to score practically 30 or more throughout these playoffs for the Cavs to even have a chance. So, and it's crazy because you talk about how great of a player LeBron is and, and you expect so much of him, but then you realize <laughs> how much we take him for granted. And he's a once in a lifetime generational player, if not the greatest player of all time. And we're witnessing it, but then we criticize him for having a 15 point game, which is good for most players. <laughs> but for LeBron, we, we put him to a higher standard. So now we're going to talk a little tribe baseball, tribe baseball. So the Indians 
beat the Kansas City Royals today 11-2. And the Indians have had a rough go as of late. Um, They haven't been playing very well. And fans always get worked up at the beginning of the season when the Indians don't start well, which they never do. They never start the season well. And fans always pray like they, they Cleveland fans always pray like God, I just want the Indians to have a winning record in April and it would make my day, but that's not always going to happen. (laughs) It's not always going to happen like that. And with tribe baseball, it's like we expect so much out of them because, you know, in the past two or three years, last year they had the best record in the American League. Previous year they lost to the Cubs when they were up 3 1 in the 2016 World Series. And it's just, it's very hard to believe in this team. It's very hard to get around this team because it's practically the same team that we had, other than Carlos Santana and Jay Bruce from previous years. And it's, it's practically the same roster. And the one bright spot right now, they're actually the two bright spots right now have been so far. The Indians are starting rotation has just been absolutely lights out so far in this season. Corey Kluber, obviously we know what Corey can do. He's if not the most dominant pitcher in baseball next to Clayton Kershaw Chris Sale and those guys um, in Verlander. But yeah, Kluber's just, I mean, I don't even know how you hit off that guy. He barely gets off base hits, strikes out pretty much everybody that comes up to bat, it seems like. And then you got Carlos Grasco behind him, who's Carlos has actually had a pretty tough go so far in the season. Um, I'm not sure really what it is. He's probably just feeling it out seeing kind of where his his presence lies so far to start the season. But, and I mean, then, then you got Clevenger, then you got Bauer. Bauer had a pretty tough start his last outing, but Bauer has been great. Clevenger has been unbelievable this season. And I mean, you got a a pretty damn good four, four man rotation right there. So if they can just heed the rotation and the offense has been playing great lately, with the offense playing like they have been, this team should go on a little winning streak. This team should go on a little winning streak. And if the bullpen, oh, the bullpen, uh, they, what happened? Like, what happened to the, the strength that the Indians used to have with the bullpen? I mean, like, what, what happened? Like, you still got Andrew Miller. You still got Dan Otero. And Dan Otero has been God. <laughs> My grandma could probably pitch better than Dan Otero right now. I mean, the guy just gives up hits and he gives up hits and he gives up hits and he's a ground ball pitcher. I know he's a ground ball pitcher, but Dan Otero has got to pitch better. If he's going to be in that long relief role behind Tyler Olson, he's got to pitch better. And I know Francona has faith in him. I know he's had a rough start so far, but Otero used to be that guy that we can rely on if Shaw wasn't playing well. Now, Shaw's not here anymore, and what do you got? And I don't recommend you checking it out, but if you're just a baseball fan, it's pretty funny. It's Homer Simpson, and the it was like a, it was like a Cubs logo, and Jason Kipnis hit the foul ball 
and I, and it's the meme where where Homer Simpson comes out and he's like in the bushes and he comes out he comes out and as soon as uh as soon as Kipnis hits the foul ball he goes back in he goes back in he goes back in the bushes and all of a sudden he okay <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest videos I've seen in a minute but um it's just god they were so close that year and they were so close that year. <laughs> Scored seven quick ones. Anything? What happened there? What happened? Um, we ran him the first possession. We ran him down all the way to two on the shot clock. Marcus Morris missed a jump shot. Followed it up. He got it. They got a dunk. Uh, we came back down. We ran a set for Jordan Crawford. I mean Jordan Clarkson, and he came off and missed it. They rebounded, um, and we came back on the defensive end and we got a stop. They took it out on the sideline. Jason Tatum took the ball out, threw it to Marcus Smart in the short corner. He made a three. We come back down, missed another shot. And then um, Tatum came down and went 94 feet, did a little step, and made a right-hand layup timeout. <laughs> there you go. Last, last. I think by starting a podcast and, and starting this goes back to my love for just the ability to have the freedom to do this. And I think we take that for granted. I, th I think we truly take our freedom to do whatever in the world that we want to do for granted. And, you know, you just, you think you gotta, you think you gotta do this like A, B, C, D, E, and that's how your life should go. Like you gotta go to school, you gotta go to college, you gotta, you know, get a mortgage, you gotta have a family, you gotta, you know, buy a car and you have to get in debt to do it. And that shouldn't be your goal, guys. That that sh that shouldn't be what you strive for. You know, you should always strive to have some sort of, of, of side hobby, some sort of side hustle that you love to do, even if, you know, your your nine to five isn't really working out right now and you're really not happy where you're at. And you know, you say you're just not you're not working at a job that fulfills you like most people are. And you have the freedom to really branch out and do what you want to do. So I think that really having the freedom to do that, especially for those that are graduating college, you soon to be graduates out there or already graduated, prepare for a very hard and grueling process because I've been graduated now for two years from college from a four-year four-year university and it's very tough to figure out what you want to do because you got all these people pulling your attention from different channels and oh do this do that you got to get into the real estate game you got to get into this game you got to get into that game and it's like guys do you man like Gary Vee always talks about like execution ideas are shit like <laughs> it's true it's true like ideas are just ideas if, if you don't put any work in if you don't execute them put them on paper and write them down like it's not going to work for you. So highly recommend you write your goals down. Highly recommend what you want out of your life and don't plan too much. Don't, don't plan too much because if you plan that you can write your goals down, guys. I'm not saying don't write your goals down, but figure out what you want to do and figure out what you love. Like figure out if it's fashion, if it's fashion, do a fashion podcast, write a fashion blog, start a fashion YouTube channel. Like eventually over time, you're, it's going to gain, it's going to gain traction because you're, you're doing something that you love and you're putting that work in outside of your nine to five. You're putting it on the weekends. You're not going out every weekend. You're, 
you're working. And I think using that energy that you have stored, like all these players, <laughs> all these players in these sports teams, how they put so much work in to grind away and they sacrifice time away from their families or it's something that they love. It's what it's all about, man. And bring, bring value to that as well. So I think that's why I started. I think that's just that that's the most honest possible reason why I started this podcast is it it gave me an outlet. It gave me the freedom to say, Hey, like, yeah, you can do a YouTube channel, which I also do have a YouTube channel. If you guys want to check it out, it's Kyle J TV. You can check it out on YouTube, Kyle J T as in Tango, V as in Victor, Kyle J TV. If you want to check it out, I do post every so often, but my main focus right now is on the podcast and I want it to be the podcast. But I think by posting on a YouTube channel, you can really show who you are more on on camera and you can practice those skills. So that's why I have a YouTube channel just to just to branch out, you know, keep keep growing. But I think with this podcast, it just it it means so much to me that Vaughn, how I mentioned in the last podcast and at the beginning of this podcast, I'm gonna keep mentioning him, reached out to me a couple days ago and him and his wife listen to the podcast and they're like, you know, Kyle, you, you have a really great voice and you have a really outstanding radio presence and I want to hear more. But that, I mean, that just flattered me. Like I couldn't believe it, but there, there's one key point that he mentioned in the message that he sent me that caught me. He's like, don't stop. Don't stop. Cause if you stop, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's, it's, you know, the episode's not going to create itself. Don't stop doing it. Most people would stop because doing this is hard. It's not easy. Talking for 44 minutes is not hard. Is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do guys. It's hard. Like we're all tired. Like we're all, we all have priorities. We all have things we have to get done. We all have chores. We all have errands to run things to do family to see. And, I think it's important to really prioritize your time and you know you learn about that a lot in college like prioritize your time time management but it's so important in the real world so important in the real world because in the real world you might get stuck doing a job you don't like and you're like yeah I don't like this job you know what am I going to do well you can do something now with with this day and age you can do this stuff like back in the day People had to work at a job for like 20 to 30 years, retire and say, oh, well, screw it. That's it. I'm done. But now you have the ability to branch out and do what you love to do and do what you want to do and not follow anybody else's path. You can follow your own path, write your own. You don't have to follow anybody's path. In my next episode, we're going to have some sports talk. We're going to have, you know, the usual start to the show, some, 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 you know, rocking back and forth sports talk and we're just going to go back and forth man and i want to get in some job opportunities for you guys i want i really want to get into that because i think that's important if, if you guys are really looking into the sports industry and 
really want a job in sports. Really want to provide you value, and I I want to give you that opportunity to take a look because I'm 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 also looking. So I'm doing the same thing that you are, guys. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna give you those tips. I'm gonna give you those opportunities. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate all of you so so much. And tune in later this week for episode three.